Hello, everybody, and welcome to Silverline Behind the Frame, episode number 17. And in this episode, we get to catch up with Mike DeAnda and his son, Joey, from Prime Revolution. Now, Mike grew up hunting and fishing, and now he's passing on his passion for the outdoors to the next generation through hunting with his son and his family and through the Prime Revolution TV show on the Sportsman Channel. So we get to talk about the behind the scenes of the show, how we put it together, and also how people can share their passion for the outdoors with others. All right. So Mike and Ness here with the Silver Line Behind the Frame podcast. I'm here with Mike DeAnda and Joey DeAnda. And where are we, Mike, right now? We are in the Arctic in the Nunavut Territory up here hunting muskox. This is this is out here. Like we are in a tiny little shack of a cabin in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> we are absolutely in the middle of nowhere. And I mean, when I've never I've been in some cold situations before uh hunting um in my lifetime, but this is this is the first for me, so. Yeah. This is actually really cold. Like this is what cold really looks like. So, um yeah. Thankfully, I mean, we were prepared for it. We're we're definitely prepared for it. Um, sled ride over here to the to the you know base camp where we're staying was a little uh, was an adventure all in itself this morning. Um, I think Micah, you and I had uh, we had a little bit of cushion and uh, not a lot of back support in our sled this morning, and then uh, somehow Joey finagled the uh, outfitter and all the guides <laughs> into liking him the best. So he had like pretty much a couch in his sled so joe tell us how how your ride was compared to ours over here this morning oh my ride (laughs) was actually comfortable enough that i fell asleep (laughs) twice (laughs) wow yeah yeah i had what i had a big pillow probably the size of like two regular comforter pillows and then i had like a twin bed size mattress yeah, that I got to sit on, and I had the backpacks as my armrests. Not sure how you finagled was, that, but get on you. He was sitting, sitting like a king. Yeah. And it was no, and I the looked, ride was a little bump. I mean, what they say we came like 30, 40, 35 miles, forty-five 40, miles, <clears throat> forty-five yeah. miles. I said it was is out here, and we were crossing a huge chunk. I mean, it was literally the o- frozen ocean. I mean, the mm-hmm. Arctic Ocean yeah. was just all frozen solid. Bunch of lots of bumps and and. And uh, and snow drifts and those things do not ride smooth. I mean, no, might they, have a little more padding, but <laughs> I think you're better off being the guy driving the snowmobile. Yeah, than Honestly, the guy in the sled. Mine wasn't too bad. I only hit one bump where it actually kind of was like, oh. But other than yeah. that, man, I fell asleep with the bumps. And I mean, yeah. we had went maybe, I think he said ten miles this morning, and then uh, Dennis, uh, my guide, his shock on his snowmobile froze up and so he unhooked the sled and we all just kind of hung out there he drove all the way back to town changed out a shock and then drove all the way back hooked up the sled again and then off we went again uh it's pretty amazing how resourceful these guides are up here i mean you know they grew up here in this in this country and this territory but you know they race snowmobiles. They work on snowmobiles. They're mechanics. Um, they live <laughs> yeah. off the land. 
I mean, they can pretty much do anything. So yeah. I think the the navigation was the part that awed me the most. With the prevailing wind, and if the snow drifts are this way or that way, that's how they know what direction they're going. Because yeah. think about it, when he said when it's overcast and the sun's not shining, and you can't tell the difference barely from ground and sky, looks exactly the same. Yeah, that's how they tell. Yeah, yeah. and uh, J- uh, Joe, your guide uh, George uh, grew up here. He said, uh, I mean, he was born out here in this in the Arctic. I mean, his dad was a hunter and a trapper, and uh, taught him all the all the skills that he needed to survive out here yeah. uh, from a little kid, and uh, I mean, he was the one telling us about direction and the prevailing winds, and yeah, and how he, how you know they thought they were the only people on planet Earth there for like ten, fifteen years. <laughs> they right. didn't know That's anyone crazy. else. They didn't think anyone else lived here. No, and and he was telling us when we were broke down there for a little bit uh, that he actually. He carries a GPS, but only if, you know, he needs to get back to a certain landmark that he that he really needs to go back to, he'll mark it on his GPS. But other than that, he still doesn't use it. He uses the old school method wow. of what his dad taught him uh, growing up with the prevailing wind and watching snow drifts. And uh, it, it was very interesting. Um, a skill set that, you know, maybe less than 1% of the population has it's uh it's pretty amazing and as, as a hunter and an outdoorsman you know such mad respect for yeah for these guys uh and what they know and what they do and i mean they're you know t- 10 times better outdoorsmen than <laughs> than we are uh you know mad props to them for for what they can do yeah. and what they know uh, they are tough. I mean, to to grow up in this place, talking about just wearing caribou hides and sitting there motionless for hours and hours trying to spear one seal coming up out of a seal hole. Yeah, I mean, that's that that takes uh, what people do for for ice fishing up to a whole nother level when you're that's fishing like, something that size. I mean, yeah, and especially in the winter when he says it gets negative sixty, ne- negative seventy. And yes, you know, they build they build an igloo unreal. out of nothing after the hunting day and it's only, you know, zero, negative one inside the igloo where they sleep. Yeah, and how he was telling us about you know, <clears throat> I uh, coming from Nevada, we have snow. I didn't know there was different types of snow and he was explaining mm-hmm. to us today about, you know, light snow versus snow that's underneath the ground that's compacted and Mm-hmm. He's got a tool that he can stick in the snow and the ice and tell if it's good for cutting it out to make uh, blocks for the igloo if it'll hold together. Um, you know, and and growing up uh, living in an igloo, uh, they had a like soapstone and they'd use the seal skin oil for uh, for the lamp, and that was the only heat they had. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, and he said it never got above zero or one degrees above inside the igloo but he said for you know forever that was the only heat that he knew yeah um so that's a whole nother world yeah defines (laughs) the definition of uh tough yeah Uh, yeah and then eating eating seals and and all that kind of stuff i mean we're we got some some dinner cooking right now we got um, some chicken and we got normal food so i wasn't really sure going into this what we were gonna if it was more traditional style type stuff and but it seems like they uh 
you know, they do a good job of taking care of us out here. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, if they had some seal, I'd be down to try some yeah. seal. Yeah. It's good. It's good. I tried it, actually. Yeah. Did you really? We were in Canada. Oh, Sheldon. Yeah. Sheldon had some seal that he made from his own, our guide's name was Sheldon. He yeah. killed one himself, cut the, cut the meat. Yeah. That's what he's using in his sandwiches. I said, hey, give me one of those. It was actually very good. Yeah. Really? It's uh, like, it was like, it's like a, it's like a, like a slightly softer bologna. Oh, nice. And that, that's when you and uh, Micah were with mom on the caribou hunt uh, yeah. two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Two, yeah, two, two years falls ago. ago. Yeah. So we, I mean, we've been able to go on some pretty, pretty cool trips over the last last couple of years now i mean it's crazy we're already this is this is now filming epi- or season five which is wow. crazy it's crazy right <laughs> i mean we're just finishing up editing and, and the final parts of, of season four it's been a, it was a super fun year i mean joey got his third uh nice buck down in nevada i mean that was that was pretty awesome we're hunting with trevor and stuff and and uh was that uh, which which one do you think out of those three was the most uh, that you remember the most as far as like either the the toughest stock or or just the most unique type of a hunt or they all kind of? I mean, they're all in there together. I mean, the first one, obviously, because that was my first mule deer, and that you know kind of meant a lot. But then this last year's one was very hard because of the stock. Yeah, you know everything else that had happened on that hunt, plus the weather. Yeah, kind of. The weather was tough. <laughs> Two years in a row, because the year it before bad. it was in the seventies as well, in a different spot. Yeah, that we had hunted in. Yeah, yeah, and we had pouring down rain that one couple days. We were only hunting a couple days, and the second day, man, I, it was just yeah. That first weekend, we didn't even get out of the truck. <laughs> we we're like, all right, let's call it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, you never know what you're gonna end up with, and especially even this hunt. I mean, you, it's it's always a. a there's always some sort of challenge that you have to overcome, whether it's a difficulty to stock the animal or the weather or the conditions that are make it hard. And, um, what, 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 uh, I know it's, uh, not, not really needing to say how much you enjoy, um, mule deer hunting, Mike, <laughs> that's definitely the, <laughs> yeah. the highlight for you. But I would say out of, out of all the hunts, is there, uh, one or two or something that kind of stands out to you as just ones that, Maybe not necessarily just the animal that you enjoy hunting, but just the experience itself that stands out. Uh, yeah, I guess I could go back and pick a few out of my my memory bank. I would, you know, uh, I would say the number one hunt in my lifetime for me would be uh, when Joey killed his first mule deer. Um, and I, I say that only because uh, growing up in our family, um, we've always we've always hunted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mule deer has been like, uh, almost like a rite of passage. Um, yeah. it was kind of like, oh, uh, you were accepted into the, into the family of hunters, um, both on my dad's side and my mom's side when you, when you, uh, harvested your first mule deer. So, um, to see Joey harvest his first mule deer in Nevada, you know, it was, uh, it was a little hard for me to hold, hold back a few, you know, few drops of water coming out of my eyes i'm uh super proud of him and uh for the hunter that he's become and and the the marksman that he's become he spends a lot of time with me at the range yeah um you know we've been fortunate enough to go to a bunch of schools and and he really puts in the time and the effort to be to be the best hunter and outdoorsman that he can um 
you know, New Zealand, um, back in 2015 when we went with, uh, uh, Butch and, uh, Nikki from Cryptech and Josh and, uh, went with a bunch of friends and, you know, that was the first time that Joey actually harvested a big game animal it was his first, first big game animal was a fallow deer. Um, wow. So, you know, th- those kind of hunts, I-, I would say those are my top two favorite only because, you know, that passing on of the tradition to, to the next generation is, uh, I think very, very important because it's becoming a lost, uh, it's a lost tradition. It's a lost art. It's a lost, uh, uh I don't know what the right word is, but. It, try, trying to pass that on to future generations of, you know, it, it's not, it's not always about the kill. I mean, that's part of it and you're thankful for it when it happens, but mm-hmm. enjoying that time in the outdoors with, with your, with your family, with your kids. Uh, it's very, very important. I don't think a lot of people um, have had the opportunity to do that. Uh, and we as hunters and outdoorsmen and women, uh, I think we need to do a better job of educating, uh, people that haven't had that opportunity so they can experience what we do. And it, mm-hmm. I think it would make a difference on how people look at, at us as, uh, hunters. It's, it's, you know, they, I think they, people think we just go out and, uh, kill animals for sport and then you know that's it we just we shoot them and we load them up and we go home well that's 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 not how it works i mean if you were out here where we are right now you would you would realize that that's not what it's about but this is yeah you know this is something that we're fortunate enough to do and that we enjoy and we get to go see different parts of the world and uh meet other people of different cultures that enjoy the same things that we do um Mm -hmm. as hunters uh and it brings us all together i mean there's that common core of you know, living off the land, you know, shooting your own food, knowing where it comes from and uh, having that camaraderie of, uh, you know, we're all hunters and this is what we all enjoy to do. Um, I kind of got off on a tangent there, but you're asking me about my favorite (laughs) hunts. Um, God, there's been so many. I don't even know what, uh, you know, besides Joey's first mule deer and his first animal. And I don't know, I would say, you know, my, my doll sheep hunt was probably one of my favorites in the top five because of, you know, the hard work that I had to put in to get it done and, mm-hmm. and the weather that we ran into and the, just a little bit of the adversity that we had to come through, you know, I mean, yeah. it was, uh, you know, the outfitter was uh, gracious enough to uh, let us keep hunting until, until we harvested all our animals. It was a 10 day hunt that turned into a 22 day hunt and, 22 days <laughs> yeah, yeah wow so, uh yeah rain snow uh That's hot weather time. <laughs> you know it was like it was just an up and down roller coaster of uh of weather and uh lots of hiking lots of uh you know lots of physical activity lots of uh mind games couldn't find the sheep then we found the sheep and then you know those aren't legal rams and so you'd move on and then it finally all came together, but I, I would say that's one of the one of the best hunts I've ever been on because of uh, you know 
just how hard we had to work for it. And I think yeah. that makes it even more special when you when you put in that hard work. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and I think even just with this hunt too, I mean it really exemplifies that it that it does take a lot of hard work to, you know, put in and, and obviously there's some some animals that you can go out and hunt on a weekend and it's it's something a little bit easier to access. But uh, I think coming on a trip like this and, and even getting to spend the time with these people that this hunt is, is their livelihood. I mean, it's something that's so big for, for their lifestyle, taking other people out hunting, also hunting for themselves and for their families. And, and I mean, it's, they're the real deal out here and they've, it's been a part of their, their culture for so long. And it's cool to get to be, see a little sample of that and be a part of that process. Yeah. And, and even if it's only for a week to be, to be a part of their, their culture and, and how they live. And, you know, and it's also sad that, you know, people are trying to take this away as well. So yeah. if they take this away, if they take hunting away, if they take, you know, that's it for these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing else they can do. Yeah. Right. And, and, I, I guess as as an education purpose, um, you know, the thing that, that irritates me a lot is the anti-hunters that say, well, you know, you're, you're killing wildlife, you're killing innocent animals. Well, you know, since the beginning of time, people have been hunter, hunter-gatherers, mm-hmm. and, you know, for these people up here in the Nunavut territory in the Arctic, you know, harvesting an animal, killing an animal is how they live. That's their food. That's yeah. their food source for their for themselves, their families, uh, their clothing, their cl- everything. Clothing. Yeah. everything they have comes from animals. <laughs> yeah. And and we as hunters that are fortunate enough to get up, come up here and and be a part of this and enjoy for even a week of of how they live. Their you know, yeah. three hundred sixty five days a year. Not only is it, you know. I guess fun for us because this is what we enjoy to do. But we're also bringing money to their economy. Yeah. Which, which helps out their whole village and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, brings in, in, in money for their, you know, so, so they can survive. Um, and and that, uh, my point was hunters put more money back into conservation for animals and you know villages and and people all over the world if if people would open their minds to see how much money people hunters spend on you know revitalizing an actual economy whether it's in a village in africa or in the arctic or you know the home state you live in whether it's nevada or idaho or the you know, the Midwest or the East coast, whatever it is. Um, if you're a hunter and you're supporting organizations that, you know, support your right to be an outdoorsman, you're helping the economy. You're helping people. You're putting money back into that economy. You're, Mm -hmm. you're, you're actually putting, you know, you're doing good for the animals. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's more animals today in uh let's just say nevada uh, let's take the uh rocky mountain elk for example mm-hmm. uh you know nevada has one of the biggest populations of of rocky mountain elk and of trophy quality class bulls because of outdoorsmen and sportsmen yeah. and money that we put back into conservation and 
um, water projects and food projects and food plots and, um, you know, keeping those animals on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. The, the antis do that. Don't do that. All they do is throw money at uh, organizations to get it banned. How are you? How are you helping the? Uh, how are you helping the animals by doing that? You're. Yeah. So that's that's just so uh, exciting to be in this in this location and also in this to get to get a taste of this culture. I mean, I could sit and listen to stories from, uh, you know, George for just just hours. I mean, and even just him talking about the things that they've been able to do. And I think that's just such a, a cool part about being a part of these types of places, these types of hunts. And uh, what was it that that led to you you guys coming on this uh, hunt anyway? I mean, this uh, I know you've, you've done a few uh, uh, remote and maybe more interesting places to, to hunt. You know, Joey and, and, and Julie and I went and did uh, Caribou last year, and we had some pretty gnarly cold weather conditions not not as cold as this for sure but had some some cold snow and stuff like that so how how did you end up coming on this hunt uh mike kind of a two two-part deal i guess uh my brother came on a muskox hunt up here about five or six years ago and it's just kind of one of those ones that's always been on my bucket list i think they're a really cool looking animal they're kind of uh you know prehistoric looking animal and it's just it's always been a kind of one of my bucket list items to go to go do and then uh have a friend in in reno who's a big archery hunter his name's uh tony mud and i was talking to tony about it one day and he said oh i i have the guy that you need to go with so uh we hooked up with uh with shane from canada north and yeah and uh here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and it was a bit of a, a travel just to get here. I mean, what was the what was kind of the logistics of just arriving in this little shack that we're in now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been on uh, worse logistical trips, but I don't know, this one was just kind of time consuming, I guess, and yeah. uh, it was Reno to Seattle, Seattle to uh Edmonton and then a layover, a night night layover in uh, Edmonton and then uh three more plane stops to get to uh Cambridge Bay and then a night in the hotel there and the sled ride out to to base camp here so it uh, yeah it took us a little bit it's been a two and a half three days of traveling so but we're finally here it it's all goes it's part of it yeah and and Joey was it uh something that you heard about it or just like he wanted to bring you on on something like this or what was what was your kind of your thoughts going into this hunt well ever since my uncle went you know years back i started you know researching it looking it up seeing what was you know what it was all about and then you know same thing as my dad i always think that they're a cool looking animal very prehistoric looking and the adversity that everybody says about the hunt kind of intrigues me makes me want to do it more yeah because i like adversity i like a challenge and this is definitely that so yeah there's my reason for going i think they're a cool animal and being in this culture and the adversity kind of you know put it all together for me yeah yeah and there's definitely some some difficult logistics involved too just being out here i mean we're we're riding in these little little pull behind sleds on snow machines and uh or snowmobiles and uh and riding 
for for miles and miles trying to find the muskox. I mean, there's such a vast expanse of frozen ice and tundra and and snow everywhere. I mean, it's just it is definitely a vast vast area that's that covers you know that that, that they cover. I mean, they cover a lot of ground, a lot of ground, and it's uh, amazing to. Uh... You know, there's not a lot to eat out here, and uh, they're a pretty big animal, so must be a lot of uh, nutrients in the in the grass that they, yeah. you know, paw through paw through the snow to eat because uh, yeah, <laughs> there's not much out here. Yeah, ice, snow, and rocks. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> and some grass shoots. <laughs> yeah, and they and they find a way to survive, and like you said, there, there's an animal that's that survived for so long up here, and and uh, I've had a pleasure of being on, on a hunt for these over in uh, Alaska as well, you know, being in uh, a remote Island and, you know, in a similar type of a, a culture and, and a village there that allows for people to come there. It's a draw tag. So it's pretty difficult. They only give out, I think four a year or something like that, four or five. Right. So it's, it's a very small amount of, of people that get to go. And so I think it's, it's cool here that more people get to come and experience this uh, unique, you know, unique hunt and unique people too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, you know, Shane runs a first class operation and, you know, can't say enough good things about, uh, all the guides that are, you know, taking us on this adventure and, you know, how well they've, you know, take care of us. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a great hunt and a great experience. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Looking forward to it. Yeah. And, so. and, and this, uh, so this hunt is going to be a part of the Prime Revolution TV show. And, uh, we've been filming for that for the last, uh, couple of years. And so, um, can you give just a kind of a brief background of kind of the, um, the history leading up to now of just getting the TV show and, you know, what, what's the passion for you guys to, to have that on TV? Uh, you know what, for me, I'm not, I never thought I would, I would have a, <clears throat> you know tv show on a on a network where i'm where i'm hunting um Mm -hmm. i grew up grew up as a hunter um you know with my dad and my uncles uh and i've just had that passion my entire life um you know when when my wife julie and i and my partner clint capuro uh decided to start prime revolution excuse me uh it wasn't for the purpose of that we we wanted to be you know movie stars it was more of a it was more of a passion to to bring our experiences in the in the field to people that let's say don't have you know the opportunity and the means to do uh what we get to do and hopefully they can see that we're just real people who enjoy the same thing that they do. And that's being in the outdoors, um, hunting, uh, you know, going after big trophy animals. And, um, uh, it's just a passion. I want, I want people to know that we're, we're real. Um, there's no acting. Um, you know, it's all about family and the outdoors, educating the next generation. And, you know, hopefully educating uh somebody that maybe will watch a show who's never hunted before and might go wow you know i really want to do that and i i would hope somebody would uh you know 
message us on our uh, Facebook page or go to our website and say, you know, hey, we wa- I watched your show and I've never hunted before, but that was really cool. What kind of insight do you have on it? What can you tell me about hunting? I, I would love mm-hmm. to to uh, talk to people like that. That's yeah, that's the main reason that uh, that I do it. I know it's a, the main reason that my wife Julie does it and my partner Clint and you know Joey, my son, and uh, Clint's son Connor. Uh, they have the same passion for it that that we do, and mm-hmm. we just want people to, uh, you know, like I said, watch the. I'm repeating myself, but watch the show. See that we're just real people enjoying what we do, and and bring our experiences to someone watching the the program on TV, uh, and hopefully they can, you know, be be enthralled with it, and you know, us make them feel like they're they're on the hunt with us. You know, that's the yeah, that's the whole reason bringing, uh, you know, bringing a lot of joy to people that you know watch our show and hopefully they enjoy it as much as we do uh, filming it. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say it's not a a pain in the rear sometimes to <laughs> to film everything and yeah. uh, you know not Putting just up with be us in, your, in your face all the time. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> you know, in the long run, it's uh, I hope people enjoy watching it and they have fun watching it. And, uh, I also hope it's a, you know, an education tool for, for other hunters and, mm. you know, it, it's also nice to get feedback if, uh, you know, people, people go on our website and, you know, say, Hey, we watched this hunt and saw you guys doing this. Why did you do that? Or this is how I do it. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're all, we should bounce information back and forth, you know, with each other as hunters and, you know. You're always learning something new every time you go into the field. Um, yeah. So, yeah, those those are my main reasons. Yeah. And I think it's it really shows uh, shows through with even just with you and, and Clint uh, getting to spend time with your sons. I mean, we grew up in the same, same way where my brother and I got to hunt with our dad, and he didn't have that growing up. He didn't get to hunt with his dad. He was more into hunt uh, into farming and stuff like that. So I think it was even more of a passion for him because he had to go do it on his own. He didn't have his dad there to 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 teach him and to share him, share all the details. And he was able to then change that, you know, and set a different a different tradition in our family yeah. to go out hunting. And now we are able to do that and, and have a passion for it and continue to, to pursue it, which is pretty awesome. And, and, uh, and that's something I think we can, we can really relate to as well. Just the impact hunting has had even on our family and, and getting to spend time, you know, in the outdoors and experiencing these things. Yeah, ab- yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, and I think it's, it's pretty cool for, uh, you know, for you as well, for, uh, you know, being a guide yourself and a hunter yourself and then, you know, being a producer of a show and all, all the other things that you guys film and, uh, you know, do photography for in the outdoors. Um, you know, you get to live your dream and, 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 you know, make your living at it. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a cool, cool passion and a cool, cool deal for you too. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, thanks for having me and Joe today and, yeah, yeah, it's been an exciting journey. I mean, it's not not done yet. I mean, not done yet. There's we a got few a lot other more to do. <laughs> cool, cool trips coming up. What, what's a couple of the other things that are going to be happening this year? What are we looking forward to? Oh yeah, we got. Uh, see, we got Australia in July for uh, water buffalo, and then we got Africa. Clint's going to be in Africa in June too. Oh yeah, yeah. Clint's going to Africa in June with uh, with his family. Um kind of hard to take uh i was gonna take joey to australia with us but he's got football 
yeah. practice. Priorities. Priorities. <laughs> and then uh, Africa in September for Cape Buffalo and Kudu. And then hopefully we'll draw some tags in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we're going back to Colorado for our annual deer hunt with uh, Dean at Bull Basin. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll draw some other tags in between. Oh, and then yeah. next, next, uh, next spring break. So March or uh, yeah, March of 2020, uh, Joey and I and Julie are going, uh, to Spain on, uh, Ibex hunt. So awesome. Yeah. Part, part two to, part, to part two of Spain over there. Add in Joey. <laughs> yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've I've heard Joey talking a lot about all the all the different ibex and sheep and stuff. I I feel like he's a little bit going to be excited about that trip. <laughs> I think so. I Just think a little bit. I think Joey's going to need like four jobs when he graduates high school just so he can keep up with all the hunting that he wants to do either that yeah. or i'm gonna have to get another one <laughs> yeah well it's exciting to see the the next things coming down the road and the more adventures and, and experiences with you guys growing together and and sharing that passion and and it's exciting to to be a part of that on on our side too and, and capturing uh capturing the stories and the adventures and because it's uh it's a, it's a whole team team effort i mean you guys are putting these hunts together and we got to have the the gear and the the, the things to keep up and <laughs> keep up uh, and things running in the cold and the in the snow and the rain and stuff so always a fun challenge <laughs> yeah absolutely and uh, i i think on this hunt uh as far as challenges go other than uh you know fighting the cold and and the bouncing of being in the sled uh joey and i got it pretty easy since we're we're shooting the rmp rifle and yeah you know i think the second biggest challenge is our buddies uh adam and kevin who are archery <laughs> hunting with us yeah. and uh i think the most challenging is probably going to be you micah with uh <laughs> you know trying to keep all the batteries from freezing and, yeah, uh, and the camera gear and <laughs> and uh you know getting all this on film so you know prop props to you and 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 your brother josiah for uh making prime revolution what it is you guys work really hard you make us look good um i know there's lots of behind the scenes that nobody gets to see and all the hours of editing and and you know sending it out on uh dropbox hey watch this episode <laughs> tell me what you think and then we make a yep. bunch of changes and we send it back and then you send it back and then we do it again and then we finally get it right and so um <laughs> yeah you know our, our our end is pretty easy and uh you know, I know the time in the studio that you and your brother spend uh, probably gets a little hectic sometimes, but uh, we appreciate it. You guys do a hell of a job. You make us look good. You make the show look good, and uh, we appreciate it. So, yeah, well, thank you for the opportunity. It's uh, it's definitely is a passion of ours as well to capture these stories, and like you said, getting to do something like this as a job. I mean, I, I got to pinch myself sometimes. Of just <laughs> that, I actually get to do this and 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 uh enjoy it and and you know enjoy what we do for work so it's a it's a passion and pleasure so yeah thanks cool. for thanks for being on the podcast today we are just on our first day of this hunt so we got a lot of adventure left to go we so. got a lot of adventure <laughs> left to go so but, that means uh, we're doing an even longer one at the end of this trip <laughs> <laughs> a longer recap. podcast 
recap. <laughs> we'll just tie it in with our post interviews, and we don't have to do it. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, We're, Mike. Uh, I appreciate it. Going to have dinner for now us. and enjoy the rest of the time. So thanks for being on the show, and uh, we'll catch you guys later. All right. Thank thanks. you very much. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're able to glean some valuable insights from this episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and let us know what you thought and your feedback. We would love to hear from you. If you want to find out more, visit silverlinefilm.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook under Silverline Films. And we look forward to seeing you next week on Silverline Behind the Frame.